So 246, which means we need how many more is it? 14 weeks to go. 14 is actually quite a long time. What's that? Three months. 14 weeks to go until we hit five years consecutively of the startup business QA uh every Monday at this time. Thank you so much, everyone joining in and uh watching right now. If you're watching live, you can drop in there hashtag team live or uh, hashtag team replay into the chat. Uh, I'd love to know if which of those you are part of. Also, let us know where you're watching from as well. It'd be awesome to find out uh, where we have some people from all over the world. Uh, ben, my man, Branding Ben is watching on Instagram. In Marge, we trust one as uh, best Instagram name of the day I've seen. Uh, I Hong B Victory, that's cool. Uh, Connie Brand as well, that's amazing names. Good to see you all here. Instagram, thanks so much for watching. This week, we are discussing doing business in the DMs. It is an art. It is the place where you can ruin your chances or it's the place where you can really make it happen. Um, I've had so much success in the DMs uh, as a place where I've driven my business uh, since 2013, when I started doing it back on Facebook um, and, um, you know, closing my first consulting gigs online uh, and then on Instagram and, of course, now uh, on LinkedIn doing very much the same. So DMs is the name of the game today. If you want to learn more about it, Yannick, good to see you here on Instagram. Thanks so much for jumping in, my man. First up, we've got a few things to talk about, but first up, let me hear from you in the comments if you're part of hashtag team live if you're watching right now or hashtag team replay uh, also let me know if you are watching or where you're watching from as well uh brand orchestrate to see here as well awesome team man that's nice to see you here too thank you for following um so whereabouts in the world you're watching from and if you have a question about doing um uh, business or getting opportunities in the dms let me know april 22nd is a date for your diary so april 22nd at 3.30 Eastern time, April 22nd on Clubhouse. I will be in Chris Doe's room. So Chris D-O, Chris Doe's room. And I'll be talking about engagement that converts. So literally how to do the conversion part, the art of the conversion uh, from your content on social platforms, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever. So how to do that pivot and how to then close these warm people from can from content. So April 22nd, that is at 3.30 Eastern on Clubhouse. Follow Chris Doe and you'll be able to um, uh, jump in there and join us. Or you make sure you follow me as well. That's another way to do it under at Richard Moore. So I'll see you on Clubhouse for that. Today, we're going to go into... Four, no, three tips even for selling in the DMs. Three tips you really got to know, making sure that you get that bit right. I'll also answer your questions as well. Again, if you have a question right now about doing business in the DMs, do let me know. I just want to firstly shout out thank you to everyone who watched last week. 
um, I was unable to do the live stream. And this was like one, I think it was like the fourth time in the entire almost four, five years of doing this that uh, I was unable to do it. Um, so I pre-recorded and I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you for all of the people who gave me a lot of love about that particular that particular show. Um, those who are jumping in, uh, good to see you all live right now. Let me see who's watching. So live, uh, we have Kilko watching uh, from Barcelona. Thanks very much for joining in. Mohammed. I don't know where you're live from, a man, but thanks for jumping in. Uh, Joseph Madison from Atlanta, Georgia as well. Uh, Atlanta as well. Troy Hippolito. Cool name, man. I like that. Team Live. Put in the comments right now, are you hashtag Team Live or hashtag Team Replay and where you're watching from? Nenas Boys. Good to see you here on Instagram. Uh, Red0711 on Instagram too. Evan.Kopf16. And uh, uh, many more of you. Selena Davis to Ego Death Digital. Amazing to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm going to check your account now afterwards with a name like that. So the other announcement, or not announcement, more of a thank you, uh, goes to the amazing Cher Lloyd and indeed to um, Mona Nairi as well for the third guest sessions interview last week on Thursday. I am, I know it's my, something I came up with, but I'm loving these. These interviews are so cool. So on the second and the fourth Thursday of every single month in the Entrepreneur Business Group um, on Facebook, you can jump in and for free, you can watch an interview with like top of class people. So we've had uh, Sissy Johnson talking about the culture of currency. We've had Calvin Hamilton dis like like taking apart and, and what's the word? Um, breaking down, unpack unpacking, if you like, the Gary Vaynerchuk model. He used to work for Gary V building his social content. And last week we had Cher Jones talking about community building. She is epic at that on uh, both Face, sorry, LinkedIn and also Clubhouse. So really fascinating, um, uh, those three interviews so far. Thank you for Mona to Mona for organizing them all and running such great interviews. Every second and third uh, Thursday of the month at 9 a.m. Eastern, these interviews on. So make sure uh, next Thursday, not this Thursday, you check that out. But Cher Jones crushed it as I knew she would. That without question had our biggest audience so far. That is completely free. So if you go to Facebook and uh, search for Entrepreneur Business Group, 4,600 members in there now. We've been running that, well, I've, I've run it since 2015, I think it was, when I first launched it. And it's just, it's really awesome having these people in. So thank you to Cher, uh, Calvin and uh, Sissy for helping out with that. So questions into the comments. And to do a final shout out before I crack on to the questions to uh, Restream for sponsoring these live streams. Thank you so much for being my partner on this. Audio, recorded video. So last week's recorded video, interviews, things like that. Live streaming to multiple platforms like this, all through all through, um, through Restream. Um, they are the OGs. They're the ones who invented multiple, like the first that did to multiple uh, planets planet multiple platform uh streaming absolutely smashing uh company thank you so much for supporting the live streams if you want ten dollars for free uh as credit in uh, a free account you just go to restream.io slash join slash richard more restream.io slash join slash richard more just go grab an account you never know when you're going to use it 
my team uses it for my podcast, so they download the audio. My team uses it to repurpose this live stream. Uh, we also obviously using it right now to, to send streams live, and we use it to stream the guest sessions to Facebook. We also use it to um, uh, record video uh, for things like interviews to post, such as the recent one I did with the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, Jason Pfeiffer, all done through Restream. So go check it out. Uh, that $10 credit is on me when you sign up using that link. So firstly, three tips, notes, get your notes taking ready. Uh, so pen and paper at the ready. These are the three tips I really suggest you think about. This is from someone who's built a multiple hundred figure, sorry, multiple hundred, what's the word? Hundred K figure, multiple six figure business uh, out of consulting online. I've done it through Facebook first, then Instagram, then on LinkedIn. I use content, sure, but the art of the DM is critical to get to that phone call. So there are a lot of tips, needless to say, more in the accelerator course, of course. But there's these three tips really are critical for your DM game. So number one, in no particular order, number one, never, if you're writing down notes now, put this word never in big capitals and underline it twice, never share value on your first or opening message ever. And the reason why is because we have to be clear on context. You've got to think about this behaviorally, and this is quite nuanced. From your perspective, your value, the thing you think will help someone, say a free webinar or an ebook or a suggestion of something that they might do or change to grab their attention, you think it's useful because you're projecting onto them, this cold person you don't know, you're projecting onto them um, the awareness and knowledge of who you already are, but they don't know that yet. So it's a huge error to say, hi, Richard, I just thought we'd connect and I wanted to share with you this website or this article I wrote or this or this or this. Sharing value first is a massive error because they have to want this is an emotional thing. They have to want your value first. So if someone stops me in the street and gives me advice, there's no context. There's no emotional desire to learn from this person. It's not because I'm horrible, but humans are like that. We're guarded and, and until we trust someone. So we need familiarity first. This is simple rapport building, actually. So familiarity context and trust, then you earn the right to give someone's free value. So it's stunning because people think that the free value should by default be well received. And it's not. If someone sends a first message to me telling me I should check out their webinar or their information or suggesting something, it's not that I'm, well, I'm kind of cynical because I've been around marketing enough, but without question, it affects me in a negative way. I, I will look at this person as like, you haven't got to know me, you're just ramming this value down my throat. So you have to start with the human and the orga organic first. It's critical to start with, you know, how, how are you doing and a comment demonstrating your interest in them, uh, something specific to demonstrate maybe you're curious about them or interested in them, that is about them. So, hey, I saw you did this, or I, I liked your post about that, or I saw you wrote that comment about this thing, whatever it might be, you know, just, just reach out and speak to them the way you would someone in the street in everyday life. Not that you'd speak to people in the street, but you know what I mean, like someone you meet for the first time. That's really crucial because if you don't, you're not building that first foundation of familiarity from which stems trust, 
from which in turn stems, stems the platform to be able to give someone some free value. So really think of that. Number one tip is never share value, your perception of value on the first message. The value might be perfectly relevant to them, totally applicable, but it is incorrect in the first one. You have to build some uh, familiarity first. Second point you should be writing down, the second tip on this is create context for an approach. The big error, I see this all the time on, on LinkedIn, for instance, is to send someone a message saying, hey, Richard, I saw you on LinkedIn and thought you should be part of my network, or I'd like to have you in my network, or I'd like to be part of your network, or I'd like to connect with like-minded individuals. The problem with this is too general. And if I said to someone, I, I want to connect with a like-minded individual, it doesn't suggest I'm interested in that person. It suggests I'm interested in people like that person. You being one of them, I'm just going to send you a connection request. The issue here is that I'm not being made to feel special. Now, I'm not needy, <laughs> but people like to feel special, especially in a world when you're being massively tapped up uh, by people left, right and centre to try and join their network. So give a bit more and it requires this much research. Go to their free public profile and find out something about them. And if you can't find something about them, well, why do you want to connect with them then? To get your numbers up? Bad reason to connect. OK, so you should never be focusing on getting more followers. It doesn't matter that much. And what I love about my accelerators, we're proving it. There's so many massive influencers who are broke, <laughs> stone cold broke because they, they aren't doing the right thing of focusing on following an influence, but not how to convert or do the conversations with the individuals. That's what matters most. If you're trying to growth hack to become a big influencer with lots of followers, well, what are you getting here unless you have conversations and, and connections with the individual? And that's especially the case for anyone who does anything high ticket. Higher the ticket, the, the more individual you need to be focused. So instead, what you want to be doing is saying, why, why would I want to connect with this person? What is it about them that like, I could show has generated some curiosity for me and mention that. Hey, I saw you did this thing. Like I mentioned before, hey, I saw you made this comment. Hey, I saw you went to the same university, same you, you know, company. We have similar interests, whatever it is. Start with that. What I like is creating a reason why there's content. So rather than context, rather than reaching out, I don't do cold outreach, you see. I create an attraction model. So instead, I'm bringing people in with content that will resonate with those that I might work with. Now, when they show an interest, they write a comment, they like it, they vote in a poll, they re react to a call to action. Now they've taken that step forward and it's even more well-received. Now, when I say, hey, Richard, thanks so much. Just want to say thank you. I really appreciate you voting in my poll today out of interest what made you choose that option and that's a contextual reason for that first point of connection otherwise i'm being too arrogant by just reaching out and, and assuming with a sense of entitlement that they should respond back so if you can use attraction marketing which essentially is some content or something public to draw people in and make them feel like they want to engage in some form. That's them taking the first step. Now you have a context for them for reaching out. If someone puts their hand up and says, I'm going to vote for this option in your poll, Richard, well, then it's intuitive 
for me to respond to that very act, you see. So that's the way to look at it. I uh, just want to shout out some of the awesome people jumping in, some people I know well as well. Dully Sammy, 3360, good to see you here. My name, my name is uh, D-Rel, cool to have you here. India Michelle as well. Varun Balasara, cool to have you here, man. I hope you're doing well. 88 Viro as well, wow, cool to have you here. Uh, Bibiana Cortazar as well. Jeanette Mayland, awesome to have you here from Denmark. Denmark, Denmark. <laughs> Nutri Beauties as well. Jennifer Patrice Celebrant. Uh, who else is in here as well? Um, and Brandon Ben, yes, they do want fame first. You're quite right. Uh, absolutely agree with you. So that's the second one. Context for an approach is crucial because now it looks like you actually have bothered. Remember the, just remember this, like the whole world is constantly getting, including you, by the way, is constantly getting messages, constantly. So if you're constantly getting messages, people just generic messages wanting to add to them, then when you show you've actually done a modicum of research, well, then it works, doesn't it? It's far more, it stands out far, far better. Then the third thing. So first we've had never share value on, on the first message because of the second thing, which is creating context for the approach. The third thing is to look for two cues or one of two cues. When you're in conversation in the DMs, you're looking for them to share that they're struggling with something. So gently move the conversation onto the topic of the thing you do or the problem that they have or solving the problem that they have or the outcome they would have if a problem was solved because that all relates to your world and what the service you offer when it gets to the, to that kind of area of conversation if they share a struggle that's them saying hey i need help with something that's a, a cry for help no one ever shares a struggle unless they want it fixed or unless they want help with it which is what you're meant to be there for no one ever shares a compliment unless they look up to you. So if someone shares a struggle, they're saying, help me. If someone shares a compliment about you and your great content or whatever, what they're there therefore saying is, I'm really looking up to you. I think you're, I think you're awesome in what you do. Both of those cues are giving you the earned right, as I call it, um, to, to ask now, to say, well, look, I know I can help. And then you take it further. You're like, let's get on a call and I can discuss it with you. If you don't have one or the other or both cues, you do not try and ask for a, say, a, a call to try and sell them. You don't pitch until you get one of those two cues. And if you're unsure, you could keep going until you get another cue. So that's the way you remove all pressure. They have no sense of pressure that way. And then you end up in a wonderful place where they feel fulfilled by the conversation. And of course, they want to discuss further because... Why would someone share a struggle about the thing you can help them with unless they want it fixed? Why would someone say they think you're great and then have a problem with you approaching them? Of course they wouldn't. So remember those three tips, they're crucial. Never share value on a first message, create context for an approach and look out for those two cues. Thank you everyone for jumping in here. Uh, if you have questions on doing business in the DMs, let me know, fire them into the comments right away. We are live on Instagram, on LinkedIn and on Facebook as well. And we're talking about, like I say, on doing business in the DMs. Let's see who's watching uh, right now. I just want to see uh, anyone else who's watching. Um, we have Akimi Male watching from the Ivory Coast. Youssef is watching from Nigeria. Good to have you here as well. Joseph Madison, you're quite right. It's the attraction model. Exactly right. Jenny Kaur saying, uh, wow, I will not do this anymore then. <laughs> well, there we go. That's someone improving on it. Absolutely right. And look, there's, I've done this topic so many times. So this is, 
week 246 of this live show. And I, this is not going to be the last time I cover DMs because this is something that it's natural to think, well, I should probably offer advice straight off the bat, or I should just try and pivot them. I think I can help. But what we're, what we're not doing is using enough empathy for the state emotionally that they are currently in. When someone is cold, they don't want to hear from you, not because they're horrible, but because you haven't earned the right to go there yet. So you have to act on a, like, just be familiar, like, or build familiarity first, from which stems trust, and then they're willing to listen. Jennifer Patrice Celebrant on Instagram is watching from London. Amazing to have uh, the London crew watching. I think, uh, Jenny, you're in London as well. So that's pretty cool, having the uh, UK crew. Speaking of the UK, we have James Perry, afternoon all. Uh, Gary Frey watching here as well. Joseph Madison <laughs> changing names to Ego Death. And <laughs> absolutely, that's a wicked name. I, I have to say, with all love to Facebook and LinkedIn with our normal names, I, it's always fun reading out the Instagram uh, viewers because your names are, are awesome on there. You, there's always some creativity in there. Re, uh, Wendy Stunt is watching hashtag Team Live from Dublin, live from Dublin. Dublin. Uh, Jalanta is watching from Copenhagen. So Yolanta, we have you and um, and uh, Jeanette, both from Denmark. Uh, and uh, yeah, Kyoko, you're watching, hello, live from sunny Barcelona. Well, I will see your sunny Barcelona and raise you exceedingly sunny UK, albeit probably not as warm, uh, missing Barcelona a lot. Let's get into some questions. If you have a question on doing business or getting opportunities in the DMs, please place it in the comments below and I will do my best to answer it. Um, let's go into some questions that have been already submitted through Instagram first. My man, entrepreneur, uh, Max Mirho, uh, from Pennsylvania, Pit Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I think he's in. Um, do you, how do you prime someone for a DM sales pitch and how do you engage before you sell? Good question. So I personally don't pitch in the DMs. So what I do is I use the B DMs as a place to move someone. I really want to use a better term, but it's I'm going about I'm about to use a term that sounds horrible, but I'm going to say it because it's accurate to break someone from the herd. So you can imagine that they've got this herd of people, this group of people as fair, a nicer way of putting it, uh, consuming and engaging in the content, breaking them off into the DMs means they've got them one on one. And that usually happens if you, if you remember what I mentioned earlier, based on this context of them having a step forward. Maybe they've written a comment. They've sent me a message because I've, I've suggested they should in the in the call to action on my post or they've voted in a poll or something like that. So they've done something in my direction. So the DMs then is, is how I move from community to individual. And the DMs are used to bounce out of that moment into a call. So the DMs itself are never where I do the pitch so much as hint that I might be able to help. When I'm hinting I can help, I then move them to the call where the actual pitch will eventually happen. But I have a saying, which is I never want to sell to someone who isn't sold, which seems weird. But the point is, I want someone to warm themselves up. This isn't cold pitching out of thin air. I never want to do that. No one else does either. No one wants to receive it. No one wants to do it. So it's far better to warm them slightly first with good content that demonstrates the, your level of expertise and value and resonance with them, then when they step in to the one-on-one -on -one in the DMs, what I'm doing here is priming them for the call by validating 
their decision to engage with me one-on-one. -on -one. What I mean by this is if they're looking at my content and seeing me as, hey, this guy is potentially an expert or someone who really knows what he's doing, I need to validate that. I need to basically reinforce that I am the person they think I may be. In turn, I need to then move them to a call, which of course is essential because that way we get to build real familiarity as well. So I need to show them, this is what I call the doc, part of what I call the doctor method. I need to demonstrate that I am a particular type of person, the one who knows what I'm talking about, which is the expert they're looking to uh, work with. But I also need to demonstrate that I, I've got this. This isn't my first rodeo. This is an element of confidence because people are actually not just buying the solution, they're buying the fact that you have got this. They, they're buying more specifically the feeling that you've got this. Ever spoke to someone who's hesitant or a little bit worried or unable to know all of the details of their product or service? It oozes through and that creates a worried buyer. So if you are clear as day that you know what you're talking about, you've got confidence and, uh, in, in your description of what you do, then of course they'll feel comfortable that you are the expert you seem to be. So the DMs are about me moving them in a framing sense, which means like the view or perspective of me or the point of view they have of me, moving them to a place where they feel like I'm the guy that knows what he's doing. So the best way to do that is to simply, when we get into conversation, act the consultant. I might ask if I've got context, as I mentioned earlier, in for instance, uh, a, a poll, I might ask someone, so look, you said this about LinkedIn, how is it performing for you out of interest once we've got some conversation going? And of course they'll answer, but look at the question I'm asking. So how's it performing? I'm now playing the part of the consultant, they're now the patient, if you like. I'm almost the doctor here. So then I'm getting them I'm then probing further. I might probe a bit more and say something like, so what have you tried? Why do you feel it's not working? And you might think, well, no one wants to answer questions like this is kind of obvious. No, it's not. They do want to answer questions like this because again of the way we've entered this conversation, they started by stepping in your direction in the first place. And you earned the right to go here because you naturally organically talked, had a conversation and got there. But now when they, if they're like, look, I'm just struggling with it, I don't know what to do, you know, that's my point where I will then move them to a call. Well, look, I know I can help you with it. Would you like to explore this, what it would look like? And then we move to the phone call. So I'm really clear that about what I can do and how I can help, but I'm not going to be too, I'm not going to run at them or chase them. It's a bad idea. You need them to come to you in their own time. The way to do that is to probe a bit and to get them to say out loud that they've got these issues get them to kind of reply and repeat that there's more issues because you probe a bit more. And then that's the point where you're like, well, it's clear you need, need this fixing and I'll, I'll help you with it. And because they've reached out to you originally, they're then cool with doing so. So engaging before I sell, if I look at the phone call itself, uh, Max, I would make sure, of course, that I'm starting with reinforcing that I'm a good guy. I relate to them and get on with them because that's a nice human way to build a connection. Then I will move to taking the lead and asking them to share a bit more about themselves because I want to learn about them because I do. And then when they share more, they're feeling comfortable. Again, this is like, this is this doctor method I mentioned in the past, this idea of feeling comfortable around me as a patient, if you like, and sharing more detail. When they feel comfortable, they will give more, more information, which is useful to be able to help someone. This all presupposes you're good at what you do, of course. And then ultimately um, I say, well, here's how we'll fix it. You know, here's what we do. 
Does that sound good? And they say yes, because of course they've said there's a problem, view you in the right way, and you've just given them the, the solution. So there's a lot of logic, but there's also emotional keenness to be part of what you're doing. So it's really useful stuff. Um, and that's the way, that's kind of the approach, if you like. And so you can see, to answer your question directly, that first part of your question, Max, the priming for the DM sales pitch is actually more about using the DMs, in fact, to prime them for a phone-based or well, Zoom call uh, sales pitch instead. Uh, so that's that's what I do instead. Um, let's look at any other questions here. Uh, Troy has asked on LinkedIn, do you do quarterly LinkedIn DMs to your LinkedIn audience and are the rules different? Quarterly LinkedIn DMs, I don't. The audiences are big, right? There's Sure, there's the followers, which is quite large, but then you've got, you've got this kernel or like tight power base as it's known of people who are really tight i don't do it quarterly what i do is i have a thing called the list troy and instead of doing the whole lot i nibble away at it as i go so the list is like the closest people the ones who really show up support me and so on and and i'm i each day i will show up for them i'll write a comment i'll send them a dm just stay in touch like you do with your friends and what happens is just by doing even if you did 20 a day or even 10 a day you're nibbling away at it and what happens is you you know you eventually get around most people by by speaking to by having a list is a really good idea so my list is set into columns and i take a column a day uh, that's a really good way of doing it it's a good question but i don't do a quarterly dm like a group email or anything, any kind of message like that it doesn't seem to be as effective. I want it to feel a bit more in the moment, you know, so I would, I would typically send a message um, when I get to their name, which which comes up in the list. Okay. So that, that tends to work for me really well. Uh, good to see you here, Noreen, watching from Australia on Instagram. Uh, ben has asked on Instagram, what signals might reflect or justify an excessive approach? Uh, so an, an excessive approach by me would would be simply asking or suggesting things that might help before they've suggested they've got a problem. So let's create a scenario here. If I get in touch with you, Ben, hey, how's it going? You know, we connect, you know, the, we talk about the virus or whatever. I say, hey, I like your, your profile. That's cool. How's it going in your business at the moment? And you say something like, yeah, it's fine. Like going really well, actually, we're doing really well. Can you see there's no struggle there? Or you might even say, well, you know, it's tougher these days, but I'm all, I'm all right. We're doing all right considering the, the pandemic. That's not necessarily a struggle. That's you saying, well, it's okay. So an excessive approach there would be me saying, well, look, I know you, I can help you with this. Would you like to learn a bit more about how my business can help you? Or how, you know, why don't we sit down and talk about your marketing strategies? Too broad, too much. There's no clear issue. So what I'm trying to do here is rather than put something in front of you and hope you might need it, I'm doing it the other way around. By waiting until, by having conversation and opening up and building rapport, finding where, find out when there's a, when you are forthcoming with it, if there's a struggle or a problem, that's my signifier that I might now be able to approach you with a suggestion of help. And in fact, even when you share a struggle, Ben, I still don't want to say, well, I know I can help with you, help you there straight off the bat necessarily, because even that can be excessive. It might be that a probe first, as I mentioned earlier, is a better way to start because they're more likely to feel like I'm genuinely interested in helping to fix the problem, at which point I can then move, of course, to, uh, to, to a suggestion of a call. So 
I'm giving off these signals that I'm being, I'm coming on a bit heavy handed if they've not given me a cue, all right? Um, and if, if we're like, you're just gonna imagine, it's hard to do, but you've got to imagine when you're writing these messages and when they're sending theirs, imagine you're meeting them in real life. Like you meet this person at a business meeting, for instance. Would you actually say that to their face? So to, like I've said this so many times over the years, if you take cues from the offline world, what would you really say? Hey, how's it going? Then something contextual. Here in the here in the UK, we're famous for it. When you meet someone for the first time, you often talk about the weather because it's something you share. It's commonality there. If I'm at a business event, so for instance, after one of my Entrepreneur Business Live events, I would say to someone, you know, after we've had the three speakers, so how have you found the speakers? <laughs> you know, it's kind of obvious because we've got that commonality there. And the other analogy I've often given is if I sat next to you, Ben, at a table at a wedding, having not known you or met you before, we've got the context or commonality of the wedding to discuss, to kind of open the conversation. So we've got something to talk about. The worst is when you've got nothing to talk about, which is why people talk about the weather all the time, if there's nothing to say. But if you have something to talk about based on a common thing, which is why approaching someone when there's a mutual connection or something mutual you've done, but you're often a connection is a wonderful way to do things. So Ben and I, I know of Ben, we don't, we're not best pals yet, I'm sure, but we're, you know, we're like, we're connected because a couple of weeks ago I was speaking in a room on Clubhouse and the person hosting the room, Ben is connected to, and I was guest speaking. And so he was on stage, I think it was this one, he was on stage and I answered a question. And so he can, he presumably found it valuable as an answer, then followed back. And now we've connected on Instagram and goes from there. So we had some commonality. It wasn't cold. You're human. I'm a human. Let's just use that as, as leverage to connect. So look for the specifics. Good question. Uh, I personally find your way, my British friends, more human than us Frenchies. No comment. <laughs> no, I, I have a lot of love for the French uh, as well. Uh, Steve Wonderhouse, awesome work. Richard, thank you very much for the kind um, kind remark. Uh, Amy Gutman, always golden advice. You're very kind. Thank you very much for that. John W is asked, where are you now? I am in my home in the UK uh, is where I am. Where are you? Why don't you put in the hashtag Team Live or Team Replay and where you're watching from. Joshua Lee, there's so much thought behind your approach. Thank you for unpacking the strategies. It's 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 not loads of thought. It's just 18 years. <laughs> it's 18 years. And, and, and I think this is just unfortunate that my career, the first 10 years in, in the city, was cold calling. It was connecting. It was the front line. It was selling to people who didn't know me. And a lot of it a lot of it was like, what do you say at this moment? And remember, I had no visual. I was, and I had to act in the moment. So it was almost like doing a live stream like this. I was on a call. I had only audio. I might have a guy, Ben, over in France, CEO in France, maybe. I remember I did a deal with a company called Tales, T-H-A-L-E-S, uh, uh, in, in the aerospace uh, industry. And the deal happened because I could pick up the kind of person he was. I could feel, you know, and, and this is not something you consciously do. You just like you tune into them. And so I was able to build a good rapport and, and you know, listen in the right way and, and answer his questions and take it into the right direction. But 
but then also there was the emails and you know we didn't have we didn't do dms back in 2004 but we had emails and like when someone wrote an email what do they mean why did they write it this way and people think that's overthinking but it's not even when someone isn't spending time writing you an email with loads of punctuation and grammar it still reflects their state and so we just having a lot of empathy for the way people engage is really crucial so i i've learned a lot just because over the my whole career has always been about these moments these interactions around the conversion part and i suppose by doing thousands of deals and millions of quids of sales over the years for different companies including my own it just means that i've practiced it a lot and still do which is what i really enjoy uh, my friend noreen has asked um so many dm messages feel loaded with a catch to hook you in what would be your first dm and then how would you create a follow-up dm on linkedin great question so Let's say I want to reach out to you, Noreen. So I want to reach out to Noreen and I want to know, like, how, what's my angle first? What, what, why would I want to, what would be the reason why she should accept a connection request or the first message? There is no, it does work sometimes, but there is no killer line that works every time. People are always looking for, like, what do I put in my first message? What do, how do I pitch it? How can I tweak the wording? You've got to remember, no one wants to be sold to. They loved her by. But no one loves to be sold, likes to be sold to. So you have to go to the right place first. You have to take your time. So with you, I'd look at mutual connections and I'd be like, oh, you're in Australia. You're in, I think you're in Mel Melbourne. I think you're in Melbourne. I'm like, oh, you're friends with your friends with Diana, Tima, and Kiki, for instance. I know because I've seen content with them. Well, I know them too. You're my mutual connection. So I'd reach out and say, hey, how's it going? I see that you're good friends with Diana. Isn't she crushing it now with her? sell out um sell out show wouldn't you agree or have you like i love her snortcast podcast so you know these things i would mention you know what do you think of that and i can imagine right now if you're listening right now noreen you, you'd be like you'll be smiling going yeah i love she's awesome and that isn't that feels like leverage and it kind of is but i'm doing it on a on a on a human level and that's that's the commonality we've got but can you see i'm not asking her if she'd like to listen to my webinar and the problem businesses have is that what I've suggested is the right thing to do because I want to ultimately lead to a place perhaps where either we have the outcome of we become best friends and great connections and help each other out or she might buy from me or any other opportunity comes up. But that takes too long. Businesses know it's the right thing to do, but it doesn't feel transactional. It's not repeatable. You can't turn it into a KPI. But the problem, so the problem there is like, often businesses say, well, I don't wanna do that. And we don't wanna spend time having this arbitrary conversations or like about random things that don't seem to be going in the direction of business. Instead, let's try volume, send out messages to 50 people a day, and then some will just pick up and say, yes, I'm interested. And the problem with it is that you don't get a fulfilled person stepping forward. You have someone who technically happens to maybe need something. You're not selling anyone. You happen to have just won a lottery ticket each time. You know, you it's like doing scratch cards. Lost it, lost it. Oh, okay, I won a quid. And that's all you're doing when you're firing out these templates. It works occasionally. It doesn't mean you sold anyone. And it's certainly not a repeatable, sustainable way of working unless you're willing to be to sell your soul to volume, okay? So instead of this approach, and look, I've got a yep from Noreen, so she agrees, like, that would work. And then then where we are is like, how's it going? So like, we talk a bit, we've got the commonality, that's our seed. 
And then I learned, like, so, so I, then while she's answering, maybe I check her profile more. So I saw you doing this. This is so cool. We get on a phone call. We just talk a bit more. Can you imagine how that develops? The familiarities there. Then there's the trust. And you tend to find in this world that that can, this is the crucial part, that's, this can lead to someone then wanting to explore working with you. It often, more often, leads to them, to that conversation naturally ending there after maybe seven or eight messages each, and you kind of leave it be for the time being. Like you would, you meet someone for the first time, that's that, you get on with your job. But now they're starting to be served your content, perhaps, if you do that. Now they're finding out more about you and their familiarity level and, and therefore receptivity to you increases. And if they dig what you do and then they happen to need what you do, well, then you move to a place where like, do you know what? We've been connected a while, but I'd actually really like to talk more about what you do. I think it could really help. Why? Because they they know you and like you more. And it all starts that foundation of familiarity. So, again, it's this point earlier of they've got to want to be to like you like got to want to you know receive your value so you don't lead with value at all really good question and that's crucial so then the point is you look for commonality and, and again if there's nothing well it means you're just you're treating that person as a number far better is to say there should be something in this beyond just i'm another human being and they technically could buy my service find something about it i see you're a director at a business not good enough Find more. There is always more. And it's not how it used to be. People think, well, it's hard, Richard. There's not not everyone has stuff. They do now. It's 2021. You know, we've all moved on a lot. And this has evolved. People are sharing more about themselves online. There's plenty you can use there. And it's absurd to think that your approach should be like this blunt tool approach of, hey, you're a person. You're a job title that could sign off. I'll just approach you uh, because you might be able to buy. That's um it's arrogant, it's entitled, and it certainly doesn't make them feel special. You may get deals, by the way, but if there's anything I've learned, it's by doing the approach I'm suggesting, you end up with people feeling far more fulfilled, therefore they spend more money. You never get people wanting discounts or like needing to try and game you on, on, your, on your package because they, they love and fulfill, feel fulfilled, fulfilled by you. And so, of course, they, you know, they're keen to like, to work with you in a, in a, in a, in a honorable way. And so I think that's really crucial to, to kind of understand. Uh, Norin, you've, you said super helpful, helpful thing, Richard. Thank hope you're well. I am well. Thank you very much. Exceeding well. I finished off my last Easter egg about an hour ago. So, um, that's that for this year, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it did well to last this long given Easter was a week or so ago. Um, really, really crucial. Um, Amine, thank you very much, uh, watching. I really appreciate your support lately. Let me jump in on LinkedIn as well. You're watching on, instagram too how the hell are you doing this live everywhere well i'm glad you asked i'm glad you asked uh i'm doing it using restream uh my partners so i'm able to multiple uh, i can stream i can actually stream to 10 facebook accounts linkedin youtube i could stream to um twitch twitter the lot if i really wanted to um these guys are the ogs of it so if you want to get a, a free a try of of restream you go to restream.io slash join slash richard moore restream.io slash join slash richard moore you can get a free account and you have free 
uh, credit on me, $10 worth to try out other additional parts like graphics and stuff like that. But have a go and it allows you to stream uh, live. So I actually stream live to Facebook and to LinkedIn. I don't stream live via Restream onto Instagram because you can't. So you have to do it natively. But I like that because I can see comments and messages coming through natively. So I just have another smartphone up as well as the, the uh, camera for, for Restream. And it's good to be able to see native comments because Ben has just added one more here. Would you recommend starting and nurturing a contact contact with the owner of a company directly or a marketing or sales manager, for example? Or like the golden rule always in selling even if it's the, this more wholesome approach is you always go to the very top first because, you know, yes, sales people can sign off sales managers and directors, CMOs even can sign off on things, but, and they won't want me saying it, but the truth is if you always go to the very, very top first decisions come quicker and have more clout. If I go to a CEO first and they say, love it, great idea. But our marketing manager needs to see it. Fine. The marketing manager is much more inclined to like it than uh, and, and, and be willing to be on board. But more importantly, I've got the person who actually ultimately signs off. And if the marketing manager has a budget that's already assigned, which they usually have, then the CEO is the one who can say, here's a bit more for it. More to the point, you've got the visionary who's looking at the company going, yeah, I totally want you to do this. And so my most of my career has always been working with a decision maker and not a decision maker, but the ultimate decision maker, because that top person can decide. So the thing I would also say, though, is that in this world now, it's not always as black and white, especially obviously the larger the business. Um, so what you want to think is like my connection building strategy should include the CEOs and the, the presidents and the managing directors and those that lead the business. However, that should still be a minority. Perhaps it's 30% of those connections you're building. And the 70% remaining are those in their ecosystem. So if I have a sales product, I want to reach out to CEOs because they ultimately decide, ultimately they are the ones who hold the budget. But I also want to be reaching out to, to CSOs, chief sales officers, C, uh, uh, sales directors, heads of sales, sales managers, because these people influence that person's decision as well. So it's you've got to remember, if you only hit CEOs, only CEOs, you'll get a lot less return because they're harder to, to tap into. So getting like the foundation underneath is worth connecting with as well. But you pitch CEO first. Always go to top and go down. Going up the chain is exceedingly difficult. Perfect example. If I go, this would never happen, but hypothetically, if I go door to door selling PlayStations, right? And I go to knock on someone's door and without the door being slammed in my face, I managed to pitch the mum of the household who ultimately actually would decide on spending the money um, or the dad, obviously, but the mum or the dad of the household. Hey, um, what do you think? Like pitch them on the PlayStation and they're like, great idea. I just want to see if, you know, my 10 year old girl would like this PlayStation. She's me like, yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you imagine doing it the other way around, hi, 10 year old girl, would you like a PlayStation? Yes. 
and then they go and run along and tell their their, their mum or dad, it's much harder for that convincing process to happen. So you got to think about the, the order of things and and in the main, that's the best approach. But it's good to have their ecosystem, in, in, you know, engaged uh, as as well. Um, Brownrig has added the art of the DM. I've met no one better than Richard. I appreciate your endorsement, man. Thank you very much. And uh, Jennifer Henderson, as usual, tuning in from New York. You're amazing. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, I'm going to leave it there. I just wanted to have. I wanted to prime this as a discussion. Really, uh, those three tips are critical that I shared earlier. Those of you listening uh, to the replay, thank you so much. Watch or listening on the podcast as well. Watching on IT, IGTV, I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, I really hope to see you again next week. If you can make it, if you have any questions beyond this, to do add them to the uh, to the uh, comments below, and I will catch you up really uh, soon. Just before I go, though, Troy has said, "Can you explain your thirty to seventy percent split again?" Yes. So, Troy, all I'm saying here is, if I'm going to reach out to decision makers, thirty percent will be ultimate decision makers, CEOs, and so on who I would ultimately be trying to pitch. If I'm going to be getting into conversation, it will be with these people. But I also want to be connecting with their ecosystem, those that have their ear and who influence them, because that helps me if these other people are aware as, as well. But when I pitch, I should start with a CEO and then move my way down or the company founder or owner or top person and then move my way down the chain. So the 30% is the top person, 70% is the rest of their crew. So again, if I'm doing, say I'm doing a marketing product, CEOs 30% of the time, but also I will be pitching CMOs, chief marketing officers, marketing directors, heads of marketing, heads and so on, like you know, marketing managers as well. I, I won't be pitching them, but I will be adding them because they get to also see what I do and they're you know, their vibe and, and engagement with content, for instance, will feed up the chain. If I have three managing uh, marketing managers engaging with my content, it will get fed to some of their network. Guess who that includes? The CEO. But I want to be connecting with them as well. I just think that that's a really good way to look at it in terms of the decision maker pool of connections you're building. So hopefully that helps, uh, Troy. Uh, great question. Have an amazing week. Thank you, everyone who joined in, and I'll catch you all really soon. I really appreciate you all. Thanks again to Restream. Hope you all check that out, and I'll see you soon. Cheerio on Instagram, and I'll see you all very soon, Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Have a great